What's up, world? Welcome to an episode of the Brian Janu Show. As you know, I am Brian Janu, and like always, all podcast platforms, <sighs> Brian Janu Show. Uh, social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, Brian Janu Show. And to get the visual version of this podcast, it's very simple. YouTube channel, Brian Janu Show. Go there, comment, like, subscribe. Hit the notification button. I think I got one uh, for all new episodes and clips that I will be dropping. <clears throat> now let's get into it, man. Uh, first Tuesday of the new year. By the way, Happy New Year's! If you haven't watched or listened to any other episodes that I just dropped today, well, only one episode, but it, it's something. Um, <laughs> Happy New Year's! Um, hope you guys enjoyed this. This is y'all already know. It's Tuesday, so you know what it is. I bleed sports. Y'all already know. It's time to get into it. It's time to get back into it. A lot of crazy shit has happened since the last time I did I Bleed Sports and sports particularly. Um, you know, college football, college football, the NFL, you already know. Um, you know, <sighs> some returns and some massive losses uh, in the world of fighting. But I want to kick it off with this. So, so I was thinking about this, right? And for the last couple of years, there's always been an NBA story that has, you know, kind of you know, kept the NBA kind of in, like, media rotation, sports media rotation. And... This is for the first time in, you know, first time in, what, years that I cannot recall a story in the NBA that's intriguing. Like, there's nothing. Like, the, the Celtics are doing what the Celtics are doing. Milwaukee's doing what Milwaukee's doing. There's no surprise factor. In the NBA. I mean, if you go look at the West. Like, if I was to ask y'all right now, when this episode comes out, who's the first two teams in the Western Conference right now? Who's one and two in the West? You probably don't even know. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing. And I'm talking like, don't look it up. I know y'all going to Google it or something. Like, can you tell me who's the first two teams in the Western Conference? One and two in the West right now. Now, if you just love basketball, you probably know. But it's it's crazy. I cannot tell you one story that's in, like, like, and, and what makes it even worse is when you see the numbers of ratings on Christmas, where the NFL put three NFL games on compared to the, you know, <clears throat> the NBA who has its usual five games, six game slate of NBA games on Christmas Day. And those three NFL games easily, and I mean easily, dominated the NBA. The NBA started at noon, 11 o'clock on Christmas here in Houston. Was the Knicks and the Bucks. The other NBA game that came on at like 2, 3 o'clock here, was the Warriors and the Nuggets. 
the Lakers and the Celtics was like at like five, which led into the last two games, which was Philly and Miami. And um in Phoenix and Dallas. Those five games went up against Kansas City Chiefs versus the Raiders. The Eagles versus the Giants. And the Niners versus the Ravens. <laughs> so two games, literally of two two games where you had two games where you had literally two franchises that is already playing for the draft. Giants and the Raiders. Nothing more, nothing less. Kansas City, who has been struggling for most of the year. The Eagles, who are now struggling. And the only real game that was intriguing was the 49ers and the Ravens, and that shit was over by halftime. What does this mean? And then the NBA is getting to a point, and here's the thing. We'll probably get back to what the NBA was for a good bit, which is nobody cares about the NBA until the NFL season is over, until football season is over. Because I could tell you if the NBA was on last night with college plan too, college probably, if the rating, when the rating, I'm pretty sure the ratings have come out. I'm pretty sure college football dominated yesterday. It didn't matter if they had a game on TNT. College football was going to dominate. They were going to dominate. The fact that the NBA right now is in a position that is in. And maybe, yeah. Maybe after the NFL season, maybe college football season, the basketball will reign king again in the sports world. But again, this doesn't seem. And maybe because, like I said, the last couple of years you've had free agency, trades, all these things have happened in the NBA where you're like, yeah. Like, the NBA is always in rotation in 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 the sports media line. But damn, not recently. Like this is this is the first time in maybe five, six years that I've seen I've seen the NBA not have a true deeming story that made you be like, Oh shit, I gotta check out the NBA. I forgot. Like, hold on, let me go check. Now it's like, okay. The NBA literally the Knicks traded RJ Barrett, the number three pick of the draft a couple years ago. The Knicks traded R.J. Barrett, the number three pick in the NBA draft. They traded him. The number three pick, who was in the same class with John Morant and Zion Williamson, they traded him to Toronto, his home state. His home country, Toronto. It didn't even make a fucking peep. It was the fucking Knicks. 
who is actually winning this season, who's actually a good team this season. Nobody cares. <laughs> actually, it's crazy. Nobody cares. Much story in the NBA that kind of got some attraction that I, I, I didn't talk about when it happened because, well, I was kind of on break. Uh, and that is Kevin Durant. Now, I don't know if this story is true, but if it gets leaked to the press, not intended it is. Um, Kevin Durant, a uh, story came out last week or week before that said Kevin Durant is growing frustrated with the Phoenix Suns. I don't know how much of that is actually a, a thing. I don't really believe that at all, to be honest with you. Um, I think that <clears throat> if this story is true, let's put it into that. If this story is true that Kevin Durant is growing, I guess, frustrated <clears throat> with the Phoenix Suns. Let's put it into perspective, right? If he is growing frustrated with the Phoenix Suns, I'm going to need people to stop making excuses for this dude. I get it. Because you want to. Not get it. But Kevin Durant is running into the same problem. And here's the thing. The same shit that we shit on the James Hardens and the Kyrie Irvings for is when the team starts to get... When the team is not working for you the way you want it to work for you, you immediately, immediately start bitching, moaning, and complaining and acting like you want out. So if this story is true that he is frustrated with the Phoenix Suns, if I was Phoenix, I would trade Kevin Durant. But clearly that wasn't the story because they have won now four straight games with Devin Booker and Bradley Bill. Now last night I don't think he played. <clears throat> but Kevin Durant. If that was the true story. That you were frustrated. But the Phoenix Hunts, you are the reason for why Phoenix is depleted. Because the Phoenix Suns could have easily just kept the fucking players from last year. They didn't have to trade for you in Brooklyn. They could have literally waited. Your dumbass also signed an extension with the Brooklyn Nets knowing damn well you did not trust the Brooklyn Nets organization. But you decided to sign with them and take a four-year fucking deal. And then when you got frustrated with Kyrie wanted out, with James Harden wanted out, then you wanted out. I'm tired of defending a Kevin Durant. Yes, is he one of the greatest scorers I've ever seen? Of course he is. But could... But will he ever win another championship? Probably fucking not. I don't think he will ever win another 
NBA championship. And I think we got to get used to saying that. I don't think he's ever going to win one. Because as far as I'm concerned, bro, you care too much about your status than what the fuck you look like. Then what the fuck you can actually do. You're supposed to fix the team you are. Stop bitching and moaning and complaining and actually fix the fucking team. And I know y'all going to be like, well, man, he is trying to fix the team. Really? If this is the truth that you are growing frustrated, you are James Harden. You just don't publicly say it, but you're James Harden. When something don't go his way, he wants out. You don't believe me. What did he do with Houston? When Houston franchise was like, look, we're trying to rebuild this team. And he was like, yeah, I don't want to be here. Trade me. And then they traded him to Brooklyn. And then when that shit wasn't working out, what happened? Mm, yeah, trade me. Then he got traded to Philly. And then when that shit wasn't working out, he like, mm, yeah, trade me. Now he's with the Clippers. Kevin Durant it could literally be on his next team next year. Kevin Durant from the Thunder to the Warriors to the Nets. To the Suns. That is four fucking teams, bro. Even LeBron went to just three. The difference is, he's won in all three teams. So, get your shit together. So, before the end of the year... There was this uh, this fight. It was a headline, co-headline by Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder. Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua won his fight, knockout, cool. Deontay Wilder needs to retire after that fight. Deontay Wilder is getting older, not younger, and he cannot fight people. That are heavyweights. With no fucking footwork. This dude has no fucking footwork. He has never had footwork. If you actually watch all of his fights. He's never really had that key. Well, and I can't even say that. I don't know what happened. Like, even, I've watched a couple of old fights from Beyonce Wadi. The nigga had footwork. The nigga could kind of move a little bit. Now it's kind of like, dog, he just stands there and talks like, it's like, what the, f- what is that? What is that? You don't learn footwork at 36, 37, 38 years old. You just don't learn that shit. I think Deontay Wilder needs to retire. Now Anthony Joshua wants to fight you. I wonder why. Deontay Wilder was never a great boxer. But now he can't even knock people out because he can't plant his feet and do so. Watching that fight sat that Saturday, man, I was like, damn, bro. I didn't even watch the Anthony Joshua fight. I'm going to be honest. I didn't even watch that shit because I was so disappointed in Deontay Wilder. I was like, bro, this shit, I'm done. I can't watch this shit. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch this shit. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not watching this shit. Josh Parker is never going to knock Deontay Wilder out. But the fact that he was backing up the whole fucking fight. He probably should have knocked you out. Because at least with that. 
I would have had some 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 respect for how you fought. You just didn't come out and you got your ass knocked out. That made sense. But the fact that they actually went twelve is crazy. Well, actually, no, it didn't go to twelve because he actually did stop you by TKO. I think that's ridiculous. You need to retire, sir. Um, need to retire. It's over. Um, yeah, it's over. Let it go. It's done. Um, I don't want to see you fight Anthony Joshua. It's not a big fight anymore. We know you can't really do the shit that you did when you were knocking motherfuckers out. You can't do that anymore. So what are we really asking this man to do? Because he can't knock motherfuckers out like he used to. So what is the alternative? And he can't box like that either. So what the fuck is the alternative? You want to see him fight Anthony Joshua? Why? So he get knocked out in the fourth fucking round? Yeah, that fight, that fight, that Saturday was just like, I was watching that shit, I'm like, by like round three, I was like, yeah, Josh Parker got him, this is over. He figured him out, he figured out the technique, he figured out everything he was doing, and Wilder was literally just backing up, waiting to get that one fucking punch, and it never came. That's what good boxers do, and they're gonna let you, perfect example, Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. Everybody knew Ryan Garcia has a dangerous left fucking hook. We know this shit. What did Tank do the entire fight? Neutralize that fucking left hook. Why? Because he knew that's all the fuck he had. He literally told him in a press conference, bitch, all you got is a left hook. (laughs) That's all you got. That's all you have is your left hook, bro. If you don't hit that shit on me, you will never win this fight. And that's exactly what happened. Matter of fact, when he got knocked down after the second round, all he tried to do was set him up to hit that left hook. Speaking of another fighter, Conor McGregor has announced that he's coming back to the MMA. He's coming to UFC, coming back to the UFC. I think he said it's going to be in July, or June or July, one of the two. I'm be honest, I don't want to see Conor McGregor fight anymore. He's another one that needs to just retire. Um, these fighters are getting younger, better, and quicker. You can't stop none of these motherfuckers. The advantage you had on Dustin Poirier, when you fought him, you got your ass whooped. You didn't have a chance. I know your foot broke. Whatever. Fuck all that. You wasn't going to beat him regardless. Whoever you fight in this upcoming year, I swear, bro, if you had the one time you have to fight, like, Leon Edwards, uh, Uzma, they will fuck you up. Don't do it to yourself. Retire. Enjoy being an entrepreneur. You have done enough for the UFC sport. You are a legend. You will go down clearly in the Hall of Fame of UFC. I do not want to see Conor McGregor go into a cage and then get his ass whooped, and then we got to pretend... But it's Conor McGregor. He should... No. I don't want to see that shit. Do you want to see that shit? I don't want to pay money for that shit. I'm not. But... (laughs) I don't see that shit. I don't want to see Conor go in the cage. Do his Conor shit. 
and then he wants to fight, and then he gets his ass knocked out in the second fucking round. Like, that is not what I want to remember my, my, my favorite fighters doing, ever. Let the door close. Like, please close it. Why the fuck are you fighting these younger, quicker, faster, better fucking people? Just for a paycheck. Which, by the way, you don't need the money. You got liquor. You got all this. You don't need the fucking money. Why are you getting in the cage? I don't understand that shit. I don't understand that shit. Now let's get to what y'all been waiting for. Let's get into this shit. College football playoffs started last night, but I want to go right back to what the fuck happened on Saturday. Georgia versus Florida State. Oh, yeah. It's one thing, right, for Florida State to get uh, out of the playoffs, right? Oh, man, we went undefeated. We undefeated. We beat everybody. Ah, Okay. You have a chance to prove that you are one of the best teams in football, college football, right? You play Georgia, who was the defending two-time national champions, who, to a lot of people would say, got wrongly misplaced and shouldn't have been playing you. They should have been in the college football playoffs. The final four. Before the game comes out, a quote comes out from y'all team, wherever the fuck it came from. And y'all said, maybe it was the fan base, I don't know. But I saw the quote in the fan base or whoever said it, said, once we beat Georgia, we will be unequivocally the national champions of college football. We're going to beat Georgia, and we're going to prove we are the best team in college football. Ladies and gentlemen, they proceeded to get their ass whooped by 60. (laughs) They proceeded to get fucking destroyed by 60. The whole college football season, well, not the whole, but... For like maybe October, beginning of October, I think, I started doing my crazy six. It was my particular crazy, my six teams every week that I saw, that I believed in. I thought they were amazing. And the beginning of the poll, I had Florida State when I did mine. And as I watched Florida State games as the season progressed, I'm like, these dudes are not that good. And that, ladies and gentlemen, What's with that starting quarterback? Once you start struggling against Pittsburgh and Duke and Louisville, what the fuck? Miami. Like, bro, you started struggling with teams that you should have dominated and you were struggling before you lost your quarterback. And I'm supposed to sit up here I'm supposed to sit up here and justify 
why you got out left out. No, nigga, you were in the worst of conference. You played less competition. The only team significant that you can even say you beat was LSU. Every team you played this season didn't make that didn't make a bowl game or lost in the bowl game. Louisville gave up six touchdowns to a fucking person that has never played college football. The USC Trojans, his first college football game, he torched them for 300-some yards and six fucking touchdowns. That team held y'all to 16 fucking points. What y'all want to say? What y'all going to say? Well, everybody sat out. Did you see Michigan last night? Did you see Alabama last night? Washington, Texas. Did you, did you see them teams last night? Yeah, you wasn't going to beat them teams regardless. I don't know why the fuck y'all acting like y'all would have beaten one of them teams regardless. Michigan would have beat the shit out of y'all. Are you kidding me? Hell, Alabama would have beaten y'all. And they had their worst offensive game since South Florida. They still hung up 20. It's not about y'all defense. Y'all defense would have made y'all good. Kept y'all in the game. But y'all offense would have fucked up everything. And that's what the fuck I was saying. It ain't got shit to do with y'all defense. Y'all defense was good. If everybody's healthy and everybody wants to play. Y'all defense is good. Y'all probably don't get 60 hung on y'all. Well, excuse me, 63 points hung on y'all. But y'all definitely get 42, 45, 49, 52. Oh, you're losing. You're getting your ass whooped in that game because y'all offense sucked. It was going to suck regardless. It didn't have Jordan Travis. It was going to suck regardless. Even if you would have played in the college playoffs, you were going to lose. You were going to lose. By a wide margin. So for people that want to sit up here and say, well, Florida State should have been in. And Florida State, the only reason why they didn't play that well is because they started freshmen and shit. Here's the thing. The moment they didn't get in that college playoffs, don't talk shit. Because the moment y'all got in, y'all figured out y'all wasn't going. Them, them players said, fuck that game. I am leaving for the transfer portal or I'm hitting the draft. Fuck that game. And it brings me to the bigger problem, which is what the Georgia head coach Kirby Smart said after that game. Which is, I hope people watch this game. Because they literally had to play nothing but backups and freshmen and people that ain't never stepped on a football field ever in college. And they had to play these fucking people. They had to play us at our full strength because we actually wanted to show people we were the best team. The moment they didn't get what they wanted, everybody left. Everybody dipped. Which brings it to the bigger problem, which is where I think is going to be fixed next fucking season. Despite what people want to say, I know, I know. How dare they college football? How dare they do something? How dare they make it a bigger playoffs? How dare they try? 
to screw these non-power five conferences. How dare they? How dare they? How dare they? Look at what happened Saturday. Do you really believe that Florida State could have beaten Washington, Texas, Alabama, or Michigan with full strength? Because I do not. And that was my biggest fucking problem. I don't think you can make bowl games fun again. Now, maybe next year when you go to the 12 team playoffs, more bowl games will be more watched, more important. But there's only a select few that you're going to really be interested in. Because of the names. And it, it, I just got the um, notification that Michigan and Alabama was one of the highest rated football games in college football. I think of the of not just this year, but college football overall. Because of the two names. And that's the fucking thing. Which brings me to last night. This is why I said we had the four best teams in the college football playoffs that I have ever seen. You cannot tell me if you watched those two games last night that you did not love that games. Either be Michigan and Alabama, which was a very defensive savvy game, very hard hitting. And the loss of Alabama has pretty much put a smile on everybody's face, including mine. Alabama losing last night, the way they lost particularly, right? The way Alabama lost particularly last night. Like I said when I started this, this was probably the worst I've seen Alabama look since the South Florida game. They really couldn't. For the first half, you saw how Michigan moved. You saw how Michigan was. And like I said, the crazy six that I talked about, I always had Michigan number one. The reason why I had Michigan number one, even despite what people wanted to fucking create in their heads, Michigan was the best team in college football. Anybody that told you any different, you were just fucking hating on fucking Michigan. There is no way in hell. You can watch Michigan play this whole season and say that they were not the best team in college football. Watching that game last night, Michigan went out there and proved it. Another team that I truly, truly, truly loved a lot this season, even though after they beat Oregon, they immediately started fucking Lou, started having games where he just did not step up and play well. Is Washington. Washington is another team that I truly believed was way better than what people thought. I get it. They beat Oregon twice. Which, by the way, Oregon... If you was to ask me my top four teams, that was my top four teams. I would have probably put Georgia. But Bama played well last night. It wasn't like Bama 
just didn't do shit well. They played up to expectations. They did exactly what they needed to do to at least stay in that game. They did come back. Now, they weren't great <laughs> the entire fucking game. You actually gel him a row to do something that he is just not equipped to do, and that is be a fucking quarterback. That is not his game. His game is to get the fuck out the pocket, run the ball. That's why I felt like some people hated the last play of the game. Some people loved it. Some people thought it was a kind of whatever game. But if you actually watch that play, that's what the fuck Jalen Moreau is used to. Running quarterback sneaks. And that is exactly what they... But here's how stupid they were. Michigan <laughs> knew... Michigan knew they were going to run a quarterback sneak. They saw the personnel. They knew they were going to do it. That's why it was so easy for them to get to them. But Michigan beating Alabama solidified one thing. And all day, all this fucking day, and I was waiting to see what Paul Feinbaum hating ass is going to say on so on Instagram, on ESPN this morning. And he immediately was just like, yo, Michigan won. Uh, <laughs> if Michigan wins the title next Monday, it's not tainted. Really? Michigan this whole year, nothing was tainted. You motherfuckers just made something out of nothing because you wanted to. Michigan this whole fucking year was better than half the teams that y'all kept trying to make good. Michigan and Oregon, Michigan and Oregon would have played, it would have been a hard game for Michigan. If Michigan and Georgia would have played, it would have been a hard game for Michigan. But if you ask me, do I believe Michigan would have won those games? You're fucking right, I do. I put Michigan over Georgia because Georgia had defects the entire fucking season. Don't get it twisted. I know they beat, you know, uh, I know they beat um, Florida State by 60, but they could do that shit to Florida State. Georgia's offense this whole year wasn't great. That team this whole year wasn't great. Don't get the last couple weeks confused. Georgia was not great this year. Michigan from the beginning of the fucking season to the end was pretty fucking good. The whole fucking year. Don't get it confused. And that's what the fuck I think people have. They got it confused. Which brings me to Washington. Like I said, Washington after the Oregon game kind of slowed the train down a little bit. They stopped kind of dominating and they had a lot of problems. And in that game against Texas, which I told my brother Juan... When the game came out, and I said Washington versus Texas might be literally the best game of the year, and it fuck it was. It lived up to what I thought it would live up to. Now Washington had a couple t- chances to actually blow Texas the fuck out the door, and they didn't. But one thing that I damn sure proved, thought would happen is Michael Penix Jr. will prove that he is the number one fucking quarterback in this upcoming draft. Anybody that sits up here tries to tell me still Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. You are either a prisoner of what the fuck you've already seen from him, or you truly believe that this dude is going to grow in six fucking inches, six inches in the next couple months. Because this motherfucker is not that fucking great. I don't know why people continue to scream, Caleb Williams is the number one quarterback in a draft. You are fucking delusional if you still think that shit. Go watch them play against each other. Michael Penix Jr. versus Caleb Williams. You ain't got to look that far. It was literally this fucking year. In USC, 
Michael Penix Jr. put up what, like six fucking touchdowns, 400 fucking yards total? I watched last night, and if he does that shit against Michigan, he is the number one quarterback. And I'm going to tell y'all what I'm going to tell y'all right now. Duh. Did it really take that fucking long to realize that shit? Did you really need to see him against Michigan? Did you not see him against Texas? Did you not see him against Oregon the last two times he played Oregon? No? Just slip your mind? Just, you just, I have watched Michael Penix Jr. play this whole fucking season. And from the moment I saw him play the first game of the year, I said, this dude probably going to be the number one pick. He's the first quarterback off the board. If you're still selling me Caleb fucking Williams is, tell me one reason why. Because I'll tell you this. Take Michael Penix off of Washington right now and put a, and put that back up in. You think he doing any of that shit he did last night? Because I don't. Michael Penix Jr. did not just make plays. He didn't just make throws. He didn't just put the shit. The throw on the sideline when it was 34-28. And they needed to get into field goal range or at least score points because Texas was coming. That throw he made to Roman, uh, uh, Romeo uh, Osmayata, whatever the fuck his last name is. That throw to Roman, that fucking throw was fucking spot on. I don't give a shit what you want to say. Oh, he's a left-handed quarterback. Nigga, did you see that throw? That shit was right in his hands. And it was so good. The damn defender ran past the fucking receiver. Like, he was, he could have stopped on a dime, let the run, the uh, cornerback run out of bounds, and kept fucking running if he really wanted to. He could have literally stopped on a dime, let the damn cornerback run out of bounds, and kept running. I ain't, like, bro, there's certain throws you shouldn't be able to make. Only a few can make those types of throws. Or the throw he made in the end zone between the two safeties. The fucking receiver split and the safeties are sitting right there. And they finally realize, oh shit. And they he just threads it in. Boom, threads it in. Come on, bro. And I'm gonna be honest. If he was the same quarterback he was in Indiana where he was a dual-threat quarterback, where he could run in pass, this would not even be a fucking conversation. This man will easily be the number one quarterback off the board. But because of his injuries, he's not going to be. What y'all think Caleb Williams is, Michael Penix really is. He is a franchise-changing quarterback. He will change your franchise the moment he steps in. If you don't believe me, go listen to what I said last year about Bryce Young on my brother Wine show, on our show, when we were doing mock drafts. I told everybody, if I was Bryce Young, if I was anybody, I would not take Bryce Young number fucking one because he's too fucking small. He's not as athletic as y'all think he is. Same the way I feel about Keller Williams. He ain't as athletic as y'all think he is. Can he move? Yeah. Can he get the fuck out the pocket? Yeah. So can half the fucking quarterbacks in the league. But do I think he can just outrun motherfuckers? Fuck no. You put him on 
any dysfunctional ass franchise. Y'all gonna be asking yourselves, how the fuck, why he look like Bryce Young? Monday night, Michigan, Washington, the last two undefeated teams, the last two, the best two teams. It makes sense. To be honest, I think Michigan can win this game. I think Michigan does win this game. But I think it's going to be a shootout. I know people that don't think this will be, but it's going to be a shootout. And here's the thing. I think Michigan dominates the first half. I think Washington dominates the second half. And I think it's a fucking shootout. That fourth quarter is going to be one of the most incredible closeouts to a college football game we have ever fucking seen. I think Michigan wins. But it's not going to be because Michael Penix did not fucking play great. That dude's going to solidify he's the number one pick in the draft. Just because you have Caleb Williams. I need you to understand something. Michael Penny Jr. is going to be better than Caleb Williams. That's just how I feel about that shit. All right. The NFL. <laughs> NFL, 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 NFL. It's been a minute since I've done the NFL, right? Teams have fell off, teams have come up, teams have... <laughs> and I want to start off with this. So, last week of the NFL season is officially here. Um... You still got some playoff scenarios that are still playing out. And there's only a few spots left. Now, when it comes to the AFC, everything's pretty much wrapped up. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have officially got the number one seed. Um, after <sighs> absolute, Boy, I wish I would have did last, year, last week's show because I would have been telling y'all for fucking week, I would have been saying, man, Baltimore's going to dominate Miami. Are you fucking kidding me? I would have said that shit, but got digress. Baltimore wrapped up the AFC uh, North in the number one seed, clearly. Um, Miami's still two. Don't know how, but they're still two. And they have a chance to keep the two position, not just keep the two position, but completely knock Buffalo out of the playoffs if they win Sunday. Uh, we shall see if that happens. Um, uh, Kansas City locked up pretty much the three seed in the AFC West. Um, the AFC South is the only division that's still up for grabs. Um, the Jags, Colts, and the Texans are all in play for the AFC South. Pretty much winning you're in for two of those teams. Or if you're lucky and fortunate win and have everybody else lose. <laughs> so all three teams for the AFC South can literally still make the playoffs, which is the craziest shit on the planet. All three teams from the AFC South can all make all make the fucking playoffs. That's that's crazy. Jazz, Colts, Texans, 
Nine and seven. Yeah. The wild card so far is the Browns. Like I said, the Bills. If they win Sunday, not only do they make the playoffs, they win a division. Oh, this is going to be fun. But like I just said, if the Bills lose, then they will be completely knocked out of the fucking playoffs. Like, they will not even make the fucking playoffs. Depending on how the Jags and Tennessee game goes. Because if the Jags and Tennessee game goes, Jags lose, then Tennessee, then the Jags will fall to a playoff spot. Playoff bird. If the Bills lose. The remaining teams that are alive, and also, like I said, the Browns are in. They clinched the fifth spot. The fifth spot. If you're an AFC South team, you are like, fuck me. Like, 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 like the prize is, you're in the playoffs. And other prizes, like, but you get to play the Browns the first fucking game of the fucking year. Oh, yeah, that's that's a prize on a prize, ain't it? <laughs> like, fuck. Um, the Browns are in. Um, at 11 and 5, they're the fifth seed, they are locked in. Number six, uh, like I said, the Bills are six, sitting right now at six. And at seven is the Colts. And the Texans and the Steelers are the two teams that are sitting out. Now, the Steelers have a chance to make the playoffs, which sounds so fucking Mike Tomlin. <laughs> it don't sound Steelers. It sounds like Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, man. Don't that sound like Mike Tomlin? Mason Rudolph, who has sucked his entire career. <laughs> that motherfucker has sucked his entire fucking career. Has two games. And he fucking wins them. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are back to a winning record for the, what, 17th straight year? That shit sounds so crazy. 17 straight years these motherfuckers have had a, per, a fifth over 500 record. That is so Mike Tomlin. What the fuck? Yo, they should be, yo, Disney should get the rights to that show because that is so Mike Tomlin. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, like, God damn it, man. They have a chance to get in the fucking playoffs. That is, that is, oh my God. That's crazy. That, that is, that is nuts. That is fucking crazy. Holy shit. But the Pittsburgh Steelers have a chance. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have the longest odds, pretty much. They have to win, and they have to have a lot of shit happen. Steelers got to lose. I mean, not the Steelers. Bills got to lose. Jags got to lose. There's a lot of shit that got to happen that they got to have happen. But the Jags, Bills, it's like a lot of shit that have to happen. Somebody got to end up in a tie. It's, it's a lot of shit. But, you know, those crazy-ass playoff results that has to happen to get in. But, yeah, the Steelers... Jags, Colts, and Texans. Those are the four remaining teams. Oh, and the Bills. The five remaining teams left four playoff spots in the AFC. Now, the NFC is a little bit more tricky. <laughs> NFC is a little bit more tricky. Um, The 49ers have the number one seed, clearly. Uh, whereas for the number two seed, that is still up for grabs, which right now looks like it's going to be Dallas, and I'm going to talk about that shit in the next when I get done with this, that is the two seed right now. Detroit is the three seed. Detroit is the only team that has San Francisco and Detroit are the two teams that have clinched their divisions. Dallas and Philly are still playing for the division, the NFC East, which there's no way in hell Dallas is going to lose to Washington. But that would be such a fucking Dallas thing to do to lose to Washington in Washington when they know they have to win. 
and it would be just a football guy to just say, mm-hmm, told you sons of bitches, we're going to get you. Um, but the NFC South is still up for grabs, which kind of right now kind of feels like it's really just a two-team a two team race. Um, but again, it, it's the fucking Saints. And as a Saints fan, it's the fucking Saints against Atlanta in New Orleans. Yeah, I'm not. Nah, I'm good. Um, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Saints, and Falcons are all up for grabs in the NFC South. Like I said, the, the Cowboys and Eagles for the NFC East. Detroit and San Francisco have officially clinched the divisions. They're in. Now, when it comes to the playoffs, is the Dallas is already in. Eagles are already in. And, of course, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, like I said, the wild card situation is a little bit more trickier than the AFC. The AFC is very simple. NFC is not so fucking simple. It kind of is, but it kind of is also not. Where is this? I think if Green Bay wins, they're in. I think it's very simple. Green Bay wins, they're in. Great. But if they lose, then it opens the door up for Seattle. Now, if Seattle wins and Green Bay loses, then they're in. But if Seattle loses <laughs> and Green Bay loses and whoever wins and loses in the Saints-Tampa game, if Tampa loses, if the Saints, okay, if the Tampa wins, Saints win, but Green Bay and Seattle lose, then the Saints are in it as the seventh seed. But then it gets even fucking trickier. <laughs> because if the Saints lose, Tampa wins, Atlanta beats the Saints. Seattle beats. Seattle beats. Uh, Seattle loses. Green Bay loses. And Minnesota lose, which Minnesota's still in the play. And if Minnesota actually. So if all those things happen. Saints lose, Green Bay lose, Seattle lose. If all those same things happen, Minnesota's in. But if Minnesota loses, Seattle loses, Green Bay loses, and New Orleans lose, then Atlanta, if they win, if they beat us, then they're in. If Minnesota, Seattle, and Green Bay loses. Yeah, shit sounds complicated. It, it sounds very fucking complicated. But it's very fucking simple. Just win. Like, <laughs> something that my brother Juan lives by with his Raiders. Just win. Like, fuck, just win. And you're in. This is pretty simple. So Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, which Saturday is really just two games that really will prove who the fuck is going to be the last wild card. Is it going to, if the Steelers, will the Steelers have a chance or will the Texans and the Colts? Um, will the Texans make it? Will the Colts make it? That's pretty much what that is. Because we will know more so by Sunday if the Jags can beat the Titans. And whoever, if the Jags lose to the Titans, then whoever beat the, whoever won the Texans Colts game pretty much will win the division. That's pretty much what it is. Um, um, I was running into what happened Saturday. Detroit-Dallas. Um. Me and my brother Juan, we sat down Sunday before the game, like I said, and we talked about some things on on, on what's happening. And of course, we had to break up Saturday that game, Saturday between the Cowboys and the Lions. The Lions won that game. Um, this is why people. This is why people say the NFL is rigged. 
this isn't like 10 years ago, shit, even 15 years ago. This isn't like even five fucking years ago. There's so many camera angles to show what the fuck is going on in these games now. You got a pylon cam. You got a ref cam. You got a, like you got a, so many fucking camera angles to prove what is factual and what is not. And the fact of the matter is the referee, whatever the fuck y'all want to say, the referee saw Tyler Decker come up to you and say, hey, I'm eligible. And you nod your head and then you look at 70 and then you run off. And you go to Dallas and say, hey, somebody's eligible on the offense. You might want to pay attention to that. And then when you even hear Dan Campbell say, hey, I went up to these motherfuckers for the game and told them, we're going to probably run this play at some point. Just be on the lookout for this. And then you literally throw a flag to them. And here's the fucking crazy part. Because everybody talks about the flag that they threw for Todd Dick. Okay, that's one thing. The fact that you also called two flags. They threw two flags on that plate. One was for the illegal touching. The other one was for what? Illegal shift? Illegal formation? They try to say skip number 70, covered up 68. That's what the fuck they said. If you actually go watch that play, Skipper is on the fucking right side. Tyler Decker's on the left side. How the fuck is he covering them up? How's he covering them up? Anybody? Anybody don't tell me. He's on the right side. How the fuck is he covering up on the left? So if they didn't get him for the illegal touching, they were going to get him for the illegal formation. They threw two flags on that plate, which people, I get it. The one flag that you actually are pissed off about, but they were trying to fuck you out that game. They threw two flags on that plate. So even if you would have picked up the illegal touching flag, you still would have threw the illegal formation flag. Brad Allen and his crew got fired, uh, fired pretty much. They got downgraded to not play, to not ref in the playoffs. Wow, that really hurt their pocketbooks. I'm not with the fire. Them. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't fire them. That's too easy. That's too fucking easy. What I want is for them to be suspended. I want them to be suspended. And then they have to come back for the divisional game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. And I want to see if you're going to do that shit again. And now we're looking at you and we're paying fucking attention to you. So when you do that shit again... Then we could fire you. And I think we all should have a license for the Detroit Lions to go play, uh, go pledge on these motherfuckers and fuck them up as much as they seem fit. Because you were trying to fuck the Detroit Lions in that game. There was times when you were calling flags on the Lions, but not the fucking Cowboys. And you were like, I'm just sitting there like, God damn, nigga, both of these motherfuckers are flagging. What the fuck is going on? And I don't hear this bullshit philosophy either where it was too loud, so I didn't hear what he was saying. Really? Because I know it wasn't too fucking loud. You know I know it wasn't too fucking loud? Because that Dallas Cowboys just gave up a fucking touchdown. 
the fuck are you talking about? It was too loud. I couldn't hear him. I don't. I don't appreciate y'all fucking up our football games like this. I don't. I don't respect that, and I don't like that shit. Now, for Dallas fans, I know y'all are happy, and you are celebrating, and we're going to be the number two seed in the playoffs, and we're going to have everything go through Dallas until we have to play San Francisco, and then that's the championship game. That's awesome. That's great. I need y'all to understand something. Detroit had probably the best game on the road against you. You scored 20 fucking points, and let's be real. You lost that game against Detroit. Let's get that out of the way. And also, before I get into that, for people that are also sitting up here and trying to say, if I was Detroit, I would have just kicked the extra point. Because after a while, y'all cannot sit up here and tell me you should play for overtime. When you won the fucking game already. No, I'm going to keep trying to throw this fucking ball. I'm going to keep trying to make this work. I'm going to keep trying to win this game. I don't want to play in overtime. When the fuck have y'all ever seen Dan Campbell struggle with a decision? Like, this is the same man that went for it on a fourth and two in the game on a fake punt. You really think that he is not? <laughs> you really think he is not going to go for the win in a playoff environment game? I don't get y'all. But Dallas should not be happy about the game you saw. Yeah, I know. The repercussions of the game is going to actually help you out somewhat. But that was a playoff game, and you lost the game on a last-second touchdown. And a two-point conversion, if the flag doesn't get thrown, you lost that game. You lost that game. If the flag doesn't get thrown, and something else that I need people to also understand. Because of that situation Saturday, Dallas not only wins that game, they probably secured the NFC East, but they probably just secured the number two seed. Which means, again, like I said, Detroit will have to come to Dallas again and play them again if they get past the Rams. And I'm going to be honest, if I'm Dallas, that game was not good. Yeah, you won the the short-term victory. The long-term victory is the NFL saw something that you probably did not want them to see. You have no offense outside of C.D. Lamb. You have no offense outside of C.D. Lamb. You, Dak Prescott threw it to Brandon Cooks a couple times, but he didn't. He didn't make him a priority. Get him the ball. Jake Ferguson, same. He wasn't trying to get him the ball. The game plan was C.D. Lamb, and if C.D. Lamb didn't work, then y'all were fucked. Y'all can't run the ball, which I've been saying for a while. Your offensive line suck. Did you not see Aiden Hutchinson, who had coming into the game seven and a half sacks? He had like four in that game by himself. That does not go well for the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't know why people act like now Dallas is just some secured win. 
in the playoffs. Nigga, did you see how bad they played in that game? That was a bad fucking game for Dallas. And something else that hasn't had its chance to show up, but a damn show showed up Saturday night. Mike McCarthy sucks at time management. He still sucks at this shit. He is not good. Yeah, it's easy to blow motherfuckers out at home, but when you're in a playoff environment at home and you cannot manage the fucking clock, you throw the ball on three fucking downs when you are up? And I'm supposed to sit up here and think you niggas got a chance in an actual playoff game with actual stakes on the line? And if your defense don't carry turnovers, nigga, you are fucked. I don't see Dallas just walking to the fucking NFC divisional round like everybody else sees Dallas. I think you expect Dallas to play some bullshit-ass team. And usually with the seventh seed, you probably are. But I'm not going to sit up here and say, if you playing Green Bay or Seattle, who, by the way, gave you a game the last time they played you in Dallas this year, I'm not sitting up here and saying you beating those teams. Now, maybe damn sure not Green Bay, because I don't think you just walk in there and beat fucking Green Bay. Green Bay got heart. Green Bay got skills. And Green Bay can actually beat you. And on top of that, Green Bay actually has a competent head fucking coach. But let people lie and say that Dallas has an easy path to the NFC Championship. No, the fuck they don't. Because if Green Bay don't get you, Detroit damn sure will. Or the Rams. Somebody going to get you. Somebody going to get you. Let's get into it. The big four of the NFL. Like I said, didn't do it last week, but I am back and we are back. So here we go. Y'all know I do the big four, man. My NFL picked four of my favorite four of my favorite teams coming into the final week of the season pretty much. And I will talk about why these are my four best teams. So here we go. And number one, like I said. Dominance, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they gave the Miami Dolphins. That is the Baltimore Ravens at 13 and 3. A couple of months ago on October, because I clipped it and posted it as the last video I posted, last clip for last year's last year's season of the brand new show of last year, right? And I posted this clip and it was in October. And it was after they played the Detroit Lions. And I said, Lamar Jackson is the MVP of the NFL. I said, you play this defense, good fucking luck, because this defense is too damn stout. And guess what? (laughs) I haven't been wrong. The Ravens are the best team in football. The dumbest shit on the planet is seeing Mike Florio saying for the San Francisco game, oh, man. San Francisco is going to kill the Ravens, and I don't think the Ravens have a chance in hell. And then they go to San Francisco and beat their ass like a drum. And then another video with this woman on FS1 radio stations saying, Oh, I want my quarterbacks to be quarterbacky, and I don't think Lamar Jackson is that. 
And then Lamar Jackson proceeded to throw five touchdowns for 300-something yards and literally have more touchdowns than incompletions. I want people to stop doubting this, man. <laughs> or maybe keep doubting him. I don't know. Because the more y'all doubt this, man, this man goes out there and have Heisman MVP award numbers. Like, this man is different. And in a time period where Christian McCaffrey got a hamstring injury and Lamar went out there and did and hung five touchdowns on the Miami Dolphins, Baltimore is the best team in football. There is no questions after this. We can stop it. Do I think Baltimore goes to the Super Bowl? Yes. I do. I don't see the years where you run into a problem. The only problem I can see Baltimore run into is maybe Cleveland. And that's about it. Which brings me to my number two team, which is the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland beating the Jets Thursday against uh, beating the Jets Thursday, 37-20. Joe Flacco is the only quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes in the AFC that has not only gotten to the Super Bowl, but won one. Not Lamar Jackson. Not Trevor Lawrence. Not C.J. Stroud. Not Gordon Minshew. Not who else will be in the playoffs. <laughs> Not Josh Allen. Name the quarterbacks. None of them have won. Not Tua. There's only been one other quarterback that has won a Super Bowl, not named Patrick Mahomes, coming into the AFC playoffs. His name is Joe Flacco. He just so happens to be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, who has possibly the best defense. I actually think the Browns defense is actually better. I think the Browns defense is actually better. Then the Baltimore Ravens defense. I do. Joe Flacco in high-pressure situations is going to be great. He's going to do his job. That's what the fuck he's there for. That's why you brought him in, to do what he has done. And I believe in a high-pressure situation. I don't fear him going to any of the ASC South teams. I think he beats them easily. Depending on what happens, particularly with Kansas City, Miami, playing against either Buffalo or maybe Houston or Indy or whatever. I actually believe, and I said this earlier this year, I think if, if Texans play Colts, uh, Kansas City and, and Arrow, an Arrowhead, I think the Texans beat the, uh, beat the Chiefs. That's what I believe. I think they beat the Kansas City Chiefs easily, to be honest with you. Because C.J. Stroud is not afraid of the big moment and he can step up. So if that is the case... Let's say the Texans beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Buffalo beats Miami. Browns clearly beat the Jags. Texans go to Baltimore where they started the season. And the Browns host the Bills. Give me the Browns. (laughs) Give me Baltimore. The The Cleveland Browns are probably the second best team in football right now. They are operating in a different level, different stratosphere. That defense is a fucking one. And like I said, you got Joe Flacco, who's been in a Super Bowl. 
Not only that, people forget this man was a, a, a fucking rookie and brought the Baltimore Ravens to the AFC Championship game against the vaunted Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Yeah. Yeah, that dude's different. Give me the Cleveland Browns are the second best team in the NFL. I don't know what anybody want to say, but they're better than whoever you think is. Let's bring in number three. And I said them earlier. The Buffalo Bills. I know. I know. I know. But the Buffalo Bills, to me, is probably going to win the AFC South. I mean the AFC East. They're probably going to win the AFC East. They're going to be Miami. Especially with Miami now having no Bradley Chubb, no Jordan, no uh, Jalen Phillips. That's your two pa- best pass rushers. And you don't have either one of them. So how the fuck are you going to stop Buffalo? Buffalo. And despite what people want to know and say, Buffalo since getting rid of Ken Dorsey and letting Joe Brady become the OC has helped that defense, which by the way, Sean McDermott has made better. And the Rashul, the receive the Rashul Douglas, you know trade that brought in uh, the, the trade for Douglas midway through the season has actually been very fucking in peril to what the Buffalo Bills needed. They needed somebody that they could trust to say, hey man, go cover that dude over there. Just go cover him. They needed that. And they got it. The Bills are dangerous. There's always that hot team that come into the playoffs just in time. The Bills are going to get the number two seed. They're going to have what? Either the Texans or the Colts or Texans, Colts. Somebody is going to run in and play the Bills And that's going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait to see how it's going to look. But I will say this. I would not want to play the Bills right now. If I was anybody, I would not want to play the Bills right now. Good God almighty. I would not want to play the Bills. And at number four, it's the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, what you thought? Oh, you thought you going to put somebody else? I think the Rams are better than the 49ers. Are you kidding me? Like, the 49 is all flash, nothing else. They don't have a chance in fucking hell to make it to the Super Bowl. I know, I know. Well, who gonna stop them? They sells. <laughs> who gonna stop them? Their mother, their motherfucking sells. That's who's gonna stop the 49ers. The Rams are just like the Bills. Catching fire at the right fucking time, and it's damn near traumatizing to see it. It's scary. Now, do I think the Rams have enough to get to the Super Bowl? Fuck no. Are you crazy? But if they play the 49ers, which they would have to beat Detroit, which I don't want to see happen. But if it has happened, if they play Detroit, if they play the 49ers in the divisional round. I think the Rams beat the 49ers. 
I think the Rams beat the 49ers. Again, I don't think they go to the Super Bowl. But what the Rams can do to the 49ers, only a few teams can do. And let's not get it twisted. Last year, in that that first round game, the wild card round, when they played Seattle, the 49ers didn't just walk into that game and win. It took a minute. San Francisco did not just straight up beat Seattle. Now you're actually playing against a team that's a little bit more well-rounded and, and, and aware of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I got the Rams. <laughs> I got the Rams. Eyes, eyes on the NFL week 18. It's the last week, it's getting to it, man. You know, I do this skeptical game of the week, my most interesting game of the week, upset game of the week, and of course, the game of the week. So, let's get into it. My skeptical game of the week is. Bears versus Packers. The reason why this is my most skeptical game of the week is because the Packers have everything to lose and the Bears do not. The Bears already have the number one pick. The only thing the Bears can do more is either lose and get a better pick in the draft, depending on what happens in the next couple the other games going on around them. Or the Bears could just say, fuck it, let's ruin Green Bay's season, which is beat them in fucking Lambeau. Something that they haven't done in years. If you're Justin Fields and you had the your first game of the season, the way you looked against the Packers in particularly, and how Jordan Love looked against the Packers, I mean against the Bears in week one. These are two different teams now. The Bears defense is way better than what they were in week one. Justin Fields is pretty much the future of the Chicago Bears, despite what the fuck people want to continue to scream. Oh, reset the cap with Caleb Williams and go get this and do this. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Justin Fields is the future. I know there was a report that came out today and said if the Bears was to trade Justin Fields, they get a second and third rounder for him. They get this and that. They're only putting that out there to make y'all think that that's what the fuck they're going to do. They're not doing that shit. They ain't doing that shit. You're really going to alienate your whole fucking team because you want to reset the market? The fuck does that mean? The Bears are not stupid. I hope they're not stupid. You got a good team. Could it be better? You're fucking right it can. But training Justin Fields ain't the reason for it. And if you go get Caleb Williams, and I know, I know, well, with this team here, do great. Really? You sure about that? And the crazy shit is, you saying you're going to trade him for a second and third rounder? Are you fucking kidding me? Do you see the season Justin Fields is having right now? Yo, the Bears were literally, what, two and 
six, two and seven at some point during the season, and now these motherfuckers have won like four or five straight. Like, bro, come on. But the Bears can literally do the Detroit Lions route, which is we ain't really got nothing to play for, but you do. So let's fuck up this. They can literally pull off the Detroit Lions on the package from last year. Fuck them up entirely. Which is why this is a skeptical game. Because I don't think that too many people understand how important this game is for Green Bay. It's a very important game. And if you lose this game, like I said, you are completely out of the playoffs. And can Jordan Love play in a high-pressure situation? That is really what this comes down to. Because also, that's another thing. Green Bay has also found their quarterback of the future. We could stop that conversation too. My most interesting game of the week is the Texans versus the Colts. This is pretty obvious. Um, the Texans versus the Colts. Pretty simple. Why is it most interesting? Win and get in. That's pretty much it. The Colts win, they're in. The Texans win, they're in. It's a very simple game. This is the most intriguing game because it's, it's most important because they play Saturday. So they won't. So the Jags would know the results of the game between the Texans and the Colts, which will force them to actually either put more pressure on themselves or less pressure on themselves. It depends on the win. Which, by the way, it's going to equal more pressure because now you have to win this game against Tennessee. And I don't know what that will really entail. But for me personally, this is either going to be the game where C.J. Stroud just comes to age and he pretty much locks up the rookie of the year. Or this is the game where the coach magically, somehow, somewhere miraculously gets to the fucking playoffs. It, 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 and, and in a year where you pretty much could have had the rookie of the year and Anthony Richardson, that has completely flipped the situation. And now with the turmoil you have had most of the year with Jonathan Taylor and all these other situations, the f- and you've literally let Shaquille Leonard go. You just fired him. And the fact that the coach can make the fucking playoffs – and win the division? Yeah, that's an interesting game to me. Either Houston's going to make it with a rookie, or the Colts are going to make it with all the fucking problems they have had. And somehow, that's the way they made it. Congratulations. We're ready to my upset game of the week, which is the Jags versus the Titans. <laughs> the Jags versus the Titans, man. Like I said, the pressure will be on the Jags immediately after Sunday, Saturday night. If you win, you are in. If you lose, now you don't also, not only do you not win the division, you might not even make the fucking playoffs. Yeah, that's a real thing that can happen, ladies and gentlemen. The Jags could completely miss the fucking playoffs. And it's extremely funny that that can happen. But I do believe that the Jags and the Titans are going to be interesting because this would also see if this is the last time you see Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel, DeAndre Hopkins, clearly. Because I cannot see DeAndre Hopkins saying, losing Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry, and you're like, you have no quarterback, you have no offensive line, you have no future. Get the fuck, I'm out of here. I don't care if I sign a two-year deal. I'm done. I'm out. Tennessee could literally explode in one game. It's the last home game of Tennessee's Derrick Henry's career. 
It's clearly the last home game, possibly of Mike Vrabel's career, coaching career as a Tennessee Titan coach, please. Derrick Henry, I mean, Will Levis, is he the future? Is he not? I don't think he is. But at the end of the day, this is an interesting game because, like I said, the division will be on the line, and not just that, the playoffs for, for, for Jacksonville is on the goddamn line. Do you win or do you lose? And that's kind of the question. And in the game of the week, it's clear. It's the Bills versus the Dolphins. Are we really going to kid ourselves here? It is also for a playoff spot, but this is a little different. It's for the AFC East. You know, I was just talking about the Jags not making the playoffs if they lose, possibly. The Bills literally are going to be in that predicament. They are the last game. And what I just said about the Jags goes extremely double for the fucking Bills. You will either know you have literally have to win this game to be in the playoffs. Or you can lose this game and still make the playoffs. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of difference. You can either win and be in. And you know you're in because you won a division. Or you could completely lose the fucking game. Still be in. Or you could just completely lose the fucking game and have this whole season be for fucking not. This is the thing about this situation. And for Miami, like I said, you lost Bradley Chubb. You lost Jalen Phillips. You got to win. If you go into this postseason with two super massive losses. One to the Baltimore Ravens, the way you lost to the Baltimore Ravens. 56 to 19. That shit wasn't even competitive. And then you lose, not only did you lose at home, you lost the division at home. How the fuck do you go into the playoffs knowing now I am the sixth seed? I am the sixth seed in the AFC when I could have been a second seed, had a home game, regrouped at least somewhat. Now I'm a sixth seed on the road playing against the Kansas City fucking Chiefs who have more problems than we can even imagine. And if they beat us again, what the fuck? People don't understand that. That is the craziest shit. Like, the Kansas City Chiefs in Miami could literally play in the playoffs if the Miami Dolphins lose to the Buffalo Bills Sunday. That would be the matchup. Kansas City versus Miami. In Kansas City. And that would be a fire-ass matchup. I'm not going to lie. That would be an interesting-ass matchup, man. Which leads to my levels of warning for the NFL. Oh, 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 oh. I have not forgotten the levels of warning. You already know how I do this. I pick three teams. Three teams. 
Uh, yellow is caution. Orange is panic time, and the red is DOA. Good God Almighty. Yellow, caution. It's the 11 and 5 Cowboys. Like I said earlier, you lost that game Sunday. I mean, Saturday. Excuse me. You lost that game Saturday to the Detroit Lions. And if the refs don't throw two fucking flags to try to help you, you lost that game. It is not that you lost the game. Your defense, again, was on the field and and supposed to close out that game. And they literally just let Detroit walk up the field and score a touchdown. And again, if if the refs, your teammates, the referees, don't throw a flag, you lose that game. You fought a five. Well, at least you still be in the conversation for the division. But at least, and that's what people don't understand. That they they would have they would have been what ten and six. The Eagles would have been eleven and five, and you still could have fucking won the division. But it's a lot different from Lyle literally having to just win the game against the Commanders in your end. Yeah. Cowboys, 11 and 5. I cannot sit up here and say that Saturday when they played <laughs> doesn't change some shit. Like you were at home, you were up seven, your defense, your best unit was on the field, and they literally just let Detroit walk up down the field, score a touchdown, win the game, because they won the game. And I'm supposed to just sit here and be like, Oh yeah, that 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 didn't happen. That's a goddamn warning. I don't know the fuck you. That's a caution. That's a very big caution for me. Orange panic time. It's the Dolphins, eleven and five. Uh, Dolphins. The Dolphins got absolutely killed, destroyed, put in a blender, flipped up, fucked over. They got killed uh, Sunday, 56-19, like I said. And the game wasn't even close. It wasn't even fucking close. Uh, The Miami Dolphins did one good thing Sunday, and that is prove that Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in football. Uh, And that's about it. It did absolutely nothing except make the Baltimore Ravens look like an unbeatable giant. The Dolphins have always been a pretender to me. I never believed in the Dolphins. I never thought the Dolphins would be good. I always felt like the Dolphins was just biding their time until they got into the playoffs and then got their ass whooped because they're frauds. Pretty much what I've expected. The Dolphins are not good. The Dolphins are not going to be good. They're going to probably lose the division and, like I said, end up in Arrowhead and somehow, some fucking way, probably lose to Kansas City. But here's how funny that is. Actually, they may beat Kansas City this time. But even in that sense, you're going to then go to either Baltimore again A buffalo, like, 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 I don't, I don't like those odds for you, my guy. I don't like those odds. Miami's defense is, like I said, you lost Jordan Phillips and Bradley Chubb, both torn ACLs. No, you lost 
uh, Phillips to ACL, uh, Achilles, you lost Bradley Chubb to a torn ACL. So which means is your pass rush is pretty much depleted. Not to mention your offensive line has not been healthy this whole fucking season. Your running back game has been also up and down for most of the year. Tariq Hill and and and, and Jalen Waddle have been play, have been injured in and out of this lineup. Jalen Waddle was out last week. Tariq Hill was out the week previous, a couple weeks previous to that. Tua is now banged up. Miami is literally lucky that they're getting in the playoffs to begin with, but they're not going any farther than possibly the wild card. And I would be surprised if you we if you actually do beat Kansas City. And I have no faith in Kansas City past the fucking wild card. But if they play you, I think they could beat you. If there was anybody else, I would pretty much say it's Kansas City would probably not win that game. But because it's you, I'm going to make an exception and say Kansas City elites beat you. They will whoop your ass. If it's the Texans or the Browns, somebody, they're going to get their ass handed to them. Which brings me to a team that definitely needs their ass whooped for this bullshit that they are doing. And I've been waiting to say this for literally two weeks. Red DOA is the 11 and 5 Philadelphia Eagles. My best friend. I have known him since the eighth grade. He has been an Eagles fan since I have known this man. Shout out to Ramon. That is my brother. Love that nigga to death. But I am I'm I'm feeling really bad for my brother right now because he's going through it. This is ridiculous. The Eagles should not be in this fucking position they are in. But since they are in this position they're in, let's explain why they're in this position that they are in. I truly believe that Nick Soriani has gotten to the point where he's trying to play fantasy football. What do I mean by that? He's trying to win comments on social media. Throw the ball with Jalen Hurts. You got A.J. Brown. You got Devontae Smith. Julio Jones caught two touchdowns last week. You got Dallas Goddard. You look at the weapons that the Eagles have. And they are a Super Bowl caliber team. The offensive line that you have. But I do not think that the Eagles are this damn stupid. But maybe I'm wrong. Nick Soriani really chose to throw the ball against the fucking... Like, this is... Nick Sirianni chose to throw the ball when you were up 21 to 6 against the fucking Cardinals. How the fuck do you lose that game? You're at home. Run the ball. The fact that the Cardinals had a better time of possession, running game, than you, and more first downs than you at home. Makes me question you. You know what this offense looks like? It looks like the offense it looked like before 
they had the coach head coach. You're putting too much pressure on Jalen Hurst to make these fucking plays and make these fucking throws. Run the ball. I have seen games when they have actually ran the ball with DeAndre Swift. It has been easy wins. Easy wins. The fact that the fucking Eagles have gotten to the point where they want to win social fucking media and they want to win fantasy football. I love A.J. Brown. I love Devontae Smith too. But your team is not built to be a throwing team every game. Your team is built for running a ball. How the fuck you could do the brotherly shove every game, but yet forget that DeAndre Swift is one of the best running backs? And I know people don't really know that because he's been in Detroit his whole fucking career. But the reason why that trade was so impactful is because you got a guy that was better than the nigga that ran for 1,200 yards last fucking year. And you have fucked that up. I have no idea how you did that. And it's not like you don't have any other weapon. Kenneth Gainwell can run. If Jalen Hurts is hurt, cool. But run with DeAndre Swift. Run with Kenneth Gainwell. Try something different. But the fact of the matter is you have put the Eagles offense in this position where you got to throw the ball every fucking game. That is not the Eagles' offense, and it will never be the Eagles' offense, which brings me to the fucking defense. I don't give a shit if it's Matt, Patricia, or whoever the fuck was the defense coordinator before him. They don't have the defensive weapons that they did last year. They don't have the cornerbacks, the safeties, none of that shit. You should have fought harder to keep Gardner Johnson. I know Gardner Johnson hasn't been healthy this whole year for Detroit. Oh, well. You should have kept fight harder to keep Marcus Epps. I know, I know. But you should have fought harder to keep that dude. Y'all have fucked yourselves. And I don't think you are getting out of this. Simply not. I don't think you're getting out of this. I have lost faith in the Eagles. I'm going to be honest. I've lost faith in them. I, I don't see the Eagles winning the Super Bowl this year. I, I, I barely can see the Eagles winning a play. Well, I can see them going into the AFC game, the NFC champion, the NFC West wild card game and beating Tampa because Tampa Bay doesn't have that great of a defense and you're trusting Baker Mayfield to outplay Jalen Hurts. That sounds absolutely asinine and I don't think that's happening. But if you go to Dallas or you go to, you know, San Francisco right now, I think Dallas beats you. Never thought I'd say that, but I think that let's beat you. And if you go to San Francisco, I know they're going to beat you. I don't trust the Eagles. I have lost faith in the Eagles. Because you cannot fix this shit with one game. There's a lot of shit that's wrong with the Eagles. I thought the next two, three games, they would get back to the offensive calling card, which is running the ball, but yet... If you actually watch the game against them against the Giants, that's exactly how they close out their game against the Giants is exactly what I thought they would do against the Cardinals. And they completely abandoned that shit. Nick Sirianni has literally a year to fix this shit. Maybe not this year, but next year. 
You don't fix this shit, your ass is getting fired. You my first coach that I expect 2024. We're going to hear a lot of rumors. Maybe it wasn't Nick Sirianni this whole time. Maybe it was, you know, you know, Gruden, uh, Gruden and uh, Gannon, Gannon and, and uh, you know, Scott, the coach, uh, head coach. Maybe it was them that made this team better because you suck at this shit. <sighs> but that is our bleed sports. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, man. I'll see y'all next week. With the college football playoffs ending, Washington, Michigan, Monday, and, of course, the final week of the NFL season, playoffs kicking off next week. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Probably do a playoff preview show next week. So probably next Thursday I will do a playoff pre- NFL preview show of the playoffs. But until next time, I am Brian Janu. Peace.